You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from a special guest, Pastor Dave Marsh of Crossroads Church in Deep Creek, Maryland. Come on, give Jesus praise tonight. He's worthy. He is worthy. So good to be here and be with you. And my wife and I are just running like crazy today. We did not get a nap. There's no no downtime. Uh, it's been a crazy day, but we are happy. We are blessed to be uh, with you here. We're always honored uh, to be at Jewel City. We love you. We do love your pastor. We love your staff. This is, this is a second home for us. Uh, I want to jump into the Word of God tonight because it's the only thing that matters. So uh, John chapter 10 John chapter 10 and verse 27, and I know we did not get a chance to give you scriptures ahead of time, but trust me, it's like prego, it's in there, right? And if you, if you need to verify later, just talk to Pastor Robert. John chapter 10, these are the words of our Lord Jesus. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The title of my message tonight is simply The Voice. The Voice. Church, I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't already know this evening, but I am going to remind you that the God that we serve is a speaking, communicating God. We do not gather here every week to memorialize a God that is dead. <laughs> We gather every week as the living saints of God to hear the voice of a God who is alive and active and personally acquainted with everything happening in our lives right now. He is a God that speaks. And as we open up the pages of our Bible, we are described a scene. The first family, Adam and Eve, were told about how every day in the cool of the day that God would come down and he would walk and talk with this man and this woman that he had created. We could start there in the book of Genesis and we could work our way through our entire Bible and we'll find time after time that God is a God who speaks. He has full-blown conversations with people like Moses and Abraham and Noah. In fact, 300 times throughout the Word of God, we are told about the voice of God. God is a speaking, communicating God. And some might say, yeah, Dave, uh, he spoke to people like Moses and Abraham because they had a special place in God's story. These were men who had a divine purpose. Of course, God spoke to them, but because does God really speak to just like average common folk? Well, in our opening scripture, Jesus said this. He said, my sheep hear my voice. He doesn't just say my Moses. He doesn't just say my Abraham. He doesn't just say my Noah or my David hear my voice. He said, my no name sheep. They are going to hear my voice. How many sheep do we have in the house tonight? Do we have any goats? <laughs> I noticed a few in the foyer, but come on, they're going to be all right. Listen, here's the truth of God's word. If you are his sheep, then you get to hear his voice. If you're his sheep. If you're born again, if you're a son or a daughter of God, it is your right and your privilege 
to be able to hear the very voice of God. Now, when we talk about the voice of God, what, what do we mean? Let's define that a little bit. I don't necessarily think that Jesus is talking about an audible voice. I know we do have some accounts in Scripture where men and women of God would hear an audible voice, but they're still, they're pretty rare. Maybe you have heard his audible voice. I have never heard his audible voice. Even in the life of Jesus, we are only told of three times that Jesus ever heard the audible voice of God. So I don't think that is our norm, but I think there are two primary ways that God speaks to his people. And it's through, number one, his written word. The written word of God is, is, is God speaking to us over and over again. And number two, but what we might call the inward witness or the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see, after Jesus rose from the dead, he continued to walk the earth for another 40 days and then he ascended back to the Father, but he did not leave his church as orphans. He sent God, the Holy Spirit, to live among us and to live in us, and it is the person of the Holy Spirit who speaks to us. Do you know that no one taught more about the Holy Spirit than Jesus himself. John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16, you can read them later, but they are all about the Holy Spirit. And I just want to share a few things that Jesus teaches us about the Holy Spirit. How about John 14 and verse 16? He said, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever who is this Jesus? Verse 17 says, it's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. Think about that a minute. Jesus says he's knowable. He's not spooky. He's not weird. He's a person that you and I can know. How can we know him? Why do we know him? For he dwells with you. That'd be awesome, right? If we would gather in the church house and we'd say, hey, it's Sunday night at six o'clock. Holy Spirit is always there Sunday nights at six o'clock. That'd be awesome, Pastor Rita. I'd come. But to go beyond that, he didn't say, he's just going to dwell with you. He's just going to be in the sanctuary on Sunday. No, he's actually going to live in you. In you. John chapter 15 Verse 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, watch this now, he will testify. Let me ask you, if you got called into the Harrison County Courthouse tomorrow and you had to testify in a, in a trial, when you testify, what do you do? You speak. He will testify. The Holy Spirit will speak. And watch this now, verse 27, and you also will bear witness. What he's saying is the Holy Spirit will speak and on the inside of you, you'll go, yes. The Holy Spirit will speak and on the inside of you, you'll go, amen. The Holy Spirit will speak and you'll, you'll, you'll be like, yeah, there's something in me that bears witness to what he just said. How about John chapter 16? We're just going, John 14, John 15, John 16. Jesus is teaching and teaching about the Holy Spirit. John 16 and verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them all. <laughs> he said, you can't take them all right now. Verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak. Everyone say speak. speak. 
He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that he will speak, and he will tell you and me things to come. Church, if we don't understand that God indwells us, he will always be a somewhat distant, somewhat unknowable God, and we will wander through life instead of being led. Many people are spiritual wanderers, always looking for God to lead them through outward circumstances, not even realizing that the Spirit of Almighty God lives on the inside of them. You see, the early church, they understood their total dependence on the Holy Spirit. In fact, when the Apostle Paul, when he was trying to figure out where to go, where he was going to preach, where he's going to plant churches, do you know what he's doing? He is constantly listening for the voice. Constantly. Acts chapter 16. Look at this. Acts chapter 16. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. He's saying, I wanted to go over here and preach, but the Holy Spirit said no. And his relationship with the Holy Spirit was so real that he could hear that voice. And when the Holy Spirit said no, he didn't fight him. He didn't buck him. He didn't rebel against him. He said, yes, Lord. Next verse. After that, they had come to Mysia and they tried to go into Bienthia, but the Spirit did not permit them. He says, okay, if I can't go over there, I'm going to go over here. He gets this far. Holy Spirit says, stop. What an incredible relationship. He's not wandering around. He's not lost. He's not confused. He's listening for the voice. And the voice is saying, don't go there. I just got to preach for just a minute. But often the Holy Spirit directs us by telling us where not to go as much as he tells us where to go. Come on. Some of us keep making the same mistakes over and over again. All the while, the Holy Spirit has already told us, don't go there. I just want to encourage all of us this evening, obey him. And when he tells you don't go there, don't go there. We all know where there is. There's a door that we shouldn't open. There is an emotional state that we shouldn't work ourselves up into. There's a website that we shouldn't go to. There's a certain television show that we shouldn't go to. There's an Amazon cart we shouldn't go to. Come on, somebody. There's a bottle. There's a pill. There's a buffet. Come on. There's an unhealthy relationship. We all know where there is. We all have a there. And we have this Holy Spirit who says, don't go there. One of the biggest ways he directs our steps is simply by saying, hey, no, don't go there. Verse eight, so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, watch this, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is just amazing to me that the Holy Spirit's voice is so real in Paul's life, he is literally being told where to go by the voice of God. And the reason he said, don't go over here, and the reason he said, don't go over here, is because there was a place he wanted him to go. 
And when we realize there's a place that God has for us that we're going to prosper, stop trying to fit yourself at every single table, every single group, every, you don't want everybody to like you. You're just so, you know, I don't know, you're just consumed with what people think of you. Listen, not everybody in this world is going to be in your fan club. There's a place that you are going to flourish. There's a place you're going to prosper. There's a place you're going to be blessed. And I'm going to tell you how to get there, the voice. We waste so much of our time and our lives and our talents and our treasures and our resources trying to make our own way. And if we would just slow down, the Holy Spirit would say, don't go over there. Right here, I got a place. He says, Paul, I got a place for you. I want you to go and preach the gospel there. Now, this is not a one-time occurrence. We can track, there's, there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, 44 times we're told about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 15, the church is going to encounter a major problem. And the Holy Spirit is going to come to the rescue and help them in resolving their problems. Aren't you glad that God, the Holy Spirit, can help us with our problems? <laughs> You see, let me tell you about the problem. Some of the Jewish believers were telling the non-Jews, oh yes, you can, be, you can become followers of Jesus. You can be Christians. But, but one thing, if you're gonna join our church, we're gonna need you to be circumcised. Now, most baby boys in America today are circumcised for health reasons, and so that might not be a big deal to you and I, but this was not common in this day for a non-Jew to be circumcised. So let's just imagine, God gave us the, the, the gift of imagination. Let's just imagine that y'all were gathered in here this morning. And you're having that great service this morning. And, and the worship team and the choir are going and they're leading you into the presence of God. And God, the Holy Spirit is, is here and he's working and he's moving. And, and Pastor Robert feels led to give an altar call. And as he starts to give that altar call, he says, listen, if you want to become a follower of Jesus Christ, today is your day. Now is your moment. I'm just going to ask you to do three things. He says, I'm just going to ask you to pray a simple prayer with me right now. We know how he does it. He's going to lead in a sinner's prayer. And, and maybe he would say, and I want you to slip your hand up right now. If you pray that prayer, just slip your hand up. And, and we just want to pray with you and just get to know you. And oh, and number three, if you're a guy, if you're a guy here today on your way out, we're going to need you to see Big Lou at the welcome counter to be circumcised. Is Lou here tonight? God bless your ministry, sir. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? That's going to be a problem. And, and can you imagine how many men were resistant to come to that church? <laughs> like they'd be going up to someone and be like, hey, Sister Mary, you've been coming for, what, four or six weeks now? We're so glad to have you at our church. But, you know, Mary, we haven't seen your husband. And Mary go, well, pastor, he just ain't ready yet. <laughs> that's, a that's a pretty big commitment. <laughs> go ahead, let it out. If you try to hold it in there and you'll rupture something, just let it out. So when Paul heard about some of the Jewish believers pushing this doctrine of Jesus plus circumcision, there's this big meeting in Jerusalem among the church leaders, and they're trying to resolve this. And I want you to see this. This is absolutely amazing. Acts chapter 15. Watch this now. Let's go to verse 24. It says, since we've heard that some went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls. And all the men said, that is unsettling. 
unsettling your souls by saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we have no such commandment. And it seemed good to us, assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Saul. In verse 26, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 27, we have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by the word of mouth. Now, this is amazing. Verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, that's a good idea, from blood, from things strangled, that's a good idea, from sexual immorality, that's a good idea. If you keep yourselves from these things, you will do well. So this is a big relief to the men of the church. Hey, we don't, we don't have to go through with that, but I want you to notice the language in verse 28. It says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Can we picture this? What he's saying is we were sitting around having our board meeting. And we, we got to Pastor Robert and we asked Pastor Robert what he thought about this. And he shared, he shared his heart on it. And, and we asked, I don't know who else to say, but we asked Tom, we said, Tom, how do you feel about this? And Tom shared the way he felt about it. And we asked Bill, uh, Bill, how, how do you feel about this? And Bill shared his heart on that. And then we asked the Holy Spirit, and he answered. What? Now, if this had been before Jesus ascended back to heaven, and Jesus is sitting there in a robe and sandals, and he's sitting at the table, and they asked Jesus his opinion, and Jesus in the flesh gave his opinion, we wouldn't think that's weird. But here is this early church that knows they can do nothing on their own and they are so dependent on the Holy Spirit. And when they have a board meeting, he shows up and he speaks. That is incredible to me. In this moment, the Holy Spirit is not a dove, he's not a mist. He's not a tongue. He's not a goosebump. He's the voice of God. Personally guiding them as they make decisions. Now, I know that when we start talking about the voice of God, that this topic in some Christian circles can be highly controversial. You see, there are, there are some who, they, they don't believe that God speaks personally to anyone. They say God wrote a book, and after he wrote the book, he only speaks through his written word. They also don't believe that God gives specific instructions for our lives. They, they believe we can know his general will, but they don't embrace the idea that he speaks personally to us. We've got, we've got some folks over on that end of the spectrum, and then we have some folks over on the other end of the spectrum who they will tell you that God speaks to them all the time about everything. Those folks scare me just a little bit. Because <laughs> as I watch the fruit of their lives, they're usually people who are a little, excuse me, granola Christians. Is that what you're saying? All right, they just, yeah, they, what, here's what, they're well-meaning people, but often they mistake their own emotions for the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what they often 
do. And it's common for them to say, God told me this and God told me that. And the Holy Spirit said this and the Holy Spirit said that. Let me tell you, if, if we're going to count every feeling we get as the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. Because I don't know about you, but I get some crazy feelings sometimes. <laughs> some crazy feelings sometimes. But here's the deal. I don't think it's either or. I think it's both. I think one of the most beautiful things about our faith is that we have the written word of God, but we don't have to read it alone. We also have the teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, and that teacher has a voice, and he can take the word of God and make it personal to each of us. It's one of the primary ways that we hear the voice of God. When you come into church, it's this partnership between the written word of God and the Holy Spirit who is your teacher. And, and as, as pastor's preaching or one of the other staff members are preaching, that Holy, Holy Spirit is talking to you. What a beautiful gift that we have. I know this happens here. It happens at our church. It probably happens in every church around the country that's, you know, preaching the gospel. But after when church is over, you're standing in the foyer and you're shaking hands with people and someone will come up to you and they go, Pastor, today, you spoke to me. Pastor, it's always a woman doing that. Uh, Pastor, uh, I don't know if anyone else in the house got anything, but, but your word today, Pastor, it was for me. Now, the guy, they'll walk up to you and they'll go, good word. Shake your hand, fist bump. They're saying the same thing. That guy, he don't know how to voice it because he's afraid of his emotions. And so instead of going, pastor, you, he just goes, Ugh. and you take it. But here's the deal. Any pastor who's worth anything will know that it wasn't him. Couples are looking at each other. They said, hey, do you have a hidden camera in our house? How did you know what we were talking about? When you said that one thing, I looked at her and she looked at me and we just smiled and said, man, he must have had a microphone in our house this week. And then they'll say, when you said that other thing, I looked at him and he looked at me and we frowned and we looked at each other and just said, did you tell him what we were fighting about this week? It's not that he's reading anyone's mind. It's that when the sheep come to church the shepherd shows up and he knows exactly what every heart needs Let, let's just let's just do something here real quick hebrews 4 and verse 12 says the word of god is living the word of God is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and as a discerner and of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now listen, the word of God, much of it was written thousands of years ago. I am, I'm not, I, listen, I'm a person who has a high view of scripture. I'm not saying that God speaks outside of his word, something different to everybody. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is that when we open up these holy scriptures that were written thousands of year, years ago, it is the present voice of God that makes that thing jump off the pages and come alive in our hearts. Psalm 23 Psalm 23, 
Let's, let's read this. It's six scriptures, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Six scriptures. It's not long. But let's just read it, and let's think about maybe where some of us are tonight. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Some of us, I don't know, I don't know everyone in the room, and I don't know what your situation is, but when you, when you read Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What's that mean, I shall not want? It, it means I, I shall not lack for anything. And maybe you're in the room tonight, and you've got a, you've got a financial need. Maybe there's been some bills sitting on your table for a while. One side of us got a coffee stain on it. Other side's got a gravy stain on it. Come on, this is West Virginia. That bill's been sitting there because you can't pay it. And, and you, you, don't know, you, don't know, you don't know when you're going to be able to pay it. When you open up the Word of God and you read Psalm 23, verse 1, it is a reminder to you tonight that somehow... Jehovah Jireh is going to meet your need. When you walk out of this place, you should be reminded that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. God, you see this bill. You know the needs in my life. And Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, I believe you can do it. Just like he called me Saturday morning. He said, yeah, about 200 and some thousand came in. That means you still needed 200 and some thousand. He called me two hours later and said, hey, guess what? It's all here. <laughs> what, what in the world? The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. Now, some of y'all, you don't care about verse one because you're fat cats. No, seriously, if you're not in need, if you've got enough money in the bank, verse one ain't my verse tonight. I'm all right. God's been good to me. He's blessed me more than I can ever imagine. There was a time when verse one is what I had to cling to. But I'm not there right now. But if you're there, it's there. Do you hear me? How about, how about verse two? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Some of us are so stressed out right now. Things in our lives are out of control. Stuff happening in our families. Strained relationships at work. You got some health issues going on. I just want to remind you that verses two and three tonight say he is a restorer of your soul. If your mind and your will and your emotions are going crazy on you, grab a hold of verses two and three and say, the Lord is my shepherd. He will calm this soul down. That's God's word to you tonight. How about verse four? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Listen, this church is like our church and there's real people here, and we have real lives, and I know there are people here tonight that you probably have a diagnosis. There's probably people here with, with cancer and diseases in your body, and you're, you're struggling. And, and listen, brother and sister, we are, we are surrounding you tonight. We are praying for you tonight. We are supporting you tonight, but I just, I just want you to know what this verse says to you. No fear. 
The shepherd says, no fear. None of us know how many days we have left on this earth. Let's do not waste them by allowing a spirit of fear to take over our lives. And if God heals you on this side of glory, then praise God. And if he decides to take you home, then praise him. Either way, no fear, no fear, no fear. The Lord is your shepherd. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not going to fear. Some of us are grieving. We've lost someone and our hearts hurt. But what a promise that I will fear no evil and you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Tonight, if you're grieving, the shepherd is your comforter. See, verse one, I'm blessed. I, I, my needs are met T tonight. I don't, I don't need the Holy Spirit to highlight that verse for me. It's a good verse, but I don't need it tonight. Verses two and three, do I need some restoration in my soul? Probably always. <laughs> the next verse, verse four, I, I don't have a diagnosis I'm dealing with. I'm not, I'm not grieving anyone at this very moment, but man, verse five, Or you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The last six months of my life, I have never had more enemies <laughs> than I've had in these last six months. It's like they keep popping up coming out of the world. We're just as soon as I'm trying to swat one off, another one comes up. So where do you come from? As soon as I'm trying to deal with that, another one comes up. God's word to me tonight is that he'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, some people I don't know who, I don't know who, I'll just ask you a little bit. Some people, when they get all stressed and they get worked up and stuff, they lose their appetite. Does that happen to anyone in the house you can't eat? Me neither. <laughs> never happened to me. It's never happened to me in all of my life. But listen to what God says to me, Dave Marsh, six months of turmoil, enemies popping up, accusations popping up, lies popping up, coming after me and, and my family and all, all sorts of craziness. Here's what God says to me. He says, son, I'm going to spread out a table in the presence of your enemy. I'm not kicking them out. I'm not pushing them away. He says, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence presence of your enemies, I want you to sit down and eat while they watch you. He's saying you can turn your back on your enemies because I've got your back. That's my verse. I don't, know, I don't know what your deal is. Here's the deal. Five verses. All of us can hear a different message tonight because we have an alive, communicating God who takes his word and personalizes it for each of us. Now listen, I'm not saying that we get our own private interpretation of scripture, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we do get the personal application of scripture because your shepherd knows what your heart needs. 
Come on, he's a good God. Lift, lift your hands to him tonight. Just, just worship him. He's a good God. He's a God who speaks. Listen, I'm almost done. Here's why I wanted to share this message with you this evening. I know you, you got revival coming up. And as a friend of this church, I just want to remind each of us to start expecting God to speak to you during this revival. I'm not talking about just in generalities, but some of us need a specific word from God. We need some direction for our lives. Some of us have decisions to make. Some of us are one thought or one decision away from changing our lives. I'm not just trying to hype you up tonight. It is the truth. We need to start praying, Lord, prepare me to hear your voice. You might want to unplug your TV this week so you can start clearing your mind. You might want to stay off social media so you can start cleansing your soul. But I believe if you come hungry to hear his voice, he's going to speak. He's going to speak. But just like all of us, you ever, you ever be try to talk to someone, they're not paying any attention to you? What do you do? Stop talking. Just like all of us like to be respected when we're speaking. God wants to be respected when he talks to his children. So I'm just encouraging you. Just start to even take this next week and begin to prepare your heart to hear the voice of God. Some people might say, preacher, don't tell people they can hear the voice of God. They might get weird. I would say, too late. <laughs> it's not the Holy Spirit that makes people weird. They get it naturally. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, church. If God didn't speak personally, we wouldn't be sitting in this building tonight. If God didn't speak personally, this neighborhood would not be here. If God didn't speak personally, you wouldn't be saved. I wouldn't be saved. Do you think we just woke up one day and had this brilliant idea that we ought to save ourselves? No. We can't. I, it just amazes me that some crusty theologians will say, well, you know, that was the book of Acts and today is today and God doesn't speak that way anymore. And then they'll tell you that you can have a personal relationship with God. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, how can I have a personal relationship with God if God doesn't speak personally? My grandkids would say, that don't make no sense. Right? Who decided that God stopped speaking? Who, who's his spokesman that said he's done? He's not done. The reason that you and I are in the house of God on a Sunday night is because the Holy Spirit spoke to us in our darkness. He spoke to us in our sin, and he called us out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light. Everyone in this room, if you've been born again, you have heard the voice of God. It ain't just for weird people. It ain't just for strange people. It's for his sheep. Let's remain standing. And let's just pray, Pastor, whatever you want to do. But I just want to pray a prayer 
I'm excited about what God, I know he's already moving here. I know you guys are already having some awesome times, but this, this week of revival coming up, let's, let's just pray for one another. Let's pray for ourselves that God would make us sensitive to his voice, that we would be able to, to discern what he wants to speak to this house and to each of us individually. Holy Spirit, we come tonight, we lift our hands to you, we lift our hearts to you, we open our ears to you. God, we wanna know you like you said we could know you. Lord Jesus, you said my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. You said the voice of another they will not follow. God, it's your voice that we want to hear. It's your voice that we want to obey. And I'm asking you, Lord, over this next week, would you begin to cleanse our souls? Would you begin to wake us up spiritually? Would you begin to tune our ears into what you're going to say? We pray for Pastor Robert, God. Let a strong, fresh anointing overwhelm him. God, I pray, Lord, that even as he prepares, you're speaking to him already. God, that night after night, messages are going to flow. God, he's not going to labor in his own flesh. He's not going to lean on his own understanding. But the voice is going to be in the house, and you're going to speak, God. It's going to flow like rivers of living water. God, I pray for every person who's coming Maybe those who don't know you, Lord, would you save them? Would, they, would you let them hear your voice? Call them out of darkness, God. I pray for all of us who will be here, God, the saints. I pray, Lord, that you would revive us. I pray, God, that you would burn any sin out of our lives that doesn't need to be there. God, that you would set us free, that you would break every single uh, bondage, God. You would break every habit, God. You would break every toxic relationship, God. We'd begin to hear you, and when you say, don't go there, we'll stop going there. And God, when you say you ought to do this, we'll start following the ought to's and not the not to's. God, we will be obedient people. God, do what only you can do. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Lead us, Lord. Every head bowed this evening. your heart at tonight if you've never given your life to the Lord I believe that voice that voice that you spoke about tonight is speaking to your heart are you right with the Lord or is it well with your soul it's a yes or it's a no right where you're at tonight if you need to make things right with God, right where you're at. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to drag you down here. Would you slip your hand up this evening and say, Pastor, tonight, right here, right in my seat, I want to surrender. I want to give my life to the Lord. Is there one? Is there one? I'm going to tear. 
Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 